Our scripture is Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 12. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all the people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. And this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So the night that our Savior was born, invitations went out. And this is the event that history has been holding its breath waiting for. This is the event of the millennium, the event of all time. 2,000 years later, here we are to celebrate this night. And so you'd, you'd think that when invitations went out and God invited people, the people who normally get invitations to this kind of thing, to this caliber of event, are like the influential and the powerful and the most important people. But that's not who God invites the party. God sends invitations out to the outsiders, the nobodies, people everybody else forgets when they're writing out invitations, shepherds, magi. Now, maybe like me, like when you think about a shepherd, my, my image of a shepherd, if, if I don't do any study, is like this wise person. He's probably holding a snow white lamb. It's probably got a diaper on, right? (laughs) He smells like the fields, right, in an amazing way. And if he was standing in your neighborhood and you invited him to dinner, he would impart his wisdom, right? He would teach you amazing things. But the reality of shepherding in Jesus' day is if you could do anything else with your life, you did it. Shepherd was the bottom of the barrel. If you had flunked out of being a builder or um, being a merchant or having some kind of a trade, then you got sent out to the fields to be with the sheep. It was the lowest economically, it was the lowest socially, and it was the lowest job for intelligence. And think about this. Shepherds lived with sheep, and y'all... Just holding Frosty, I'm like looking for the hand sanitizer, okay? Give me a hug after the service and be like, whew. And that's like 10 minutes of Frosty. Imagine sleeping surrounded by them. They smelled. They, they were dirty. And yet, when God sends out invitations, the first people to get the word are the lowest rung of society. The shepherds. And God doesn't say to them, the angel doesn't say, hey, good news, clean yourself up and head on over to Bethlehem. He says, no, go. You're welcome, just like this. Then think about the magi, the wise men. They were on the other end of the spectrum. They were very intelligent. And from the gifts that they bring, we know that they were probably pretty wealthy. But they were outsiders, See, the people of God had kind of created this wall around themselves. They were supposed to be a light to the world where the whole world would go, I want that. 
want to live like that. But instead, it had become very insulated, and it became like, we live and behave and act like this, and you guys don't. And God doesn't like you, but he likes us. And so for God, on the night that the Savior, the Chosen One, is born, to send the invitation outside the boundaries of Israel, way out to the hinterlands, and invite the Magi, it's scandalous. And you hear that what Pastor Greg read, he said, the angel is proclaiming that this is good news for who? Everyone. Good news for everyone. And when we see the invitations that go out, it's like God's driving it home. Really, really, it's everybody. Not just the people who look right on the outside. Not just if you have this kind of an IQ or you behaved this way or you live in the right place. Really, everybody. That's good news, right? That's the heartbeat of this church, too. I know some of y'all who've been here before, you know that we say we're imperfect people here. A community, we just put it right out there. We're imperfect. You don't have to pretend. Take the masks off. Come in. God wants you just as you are. That's how our hearts beat, and that's what we see on Christmas Eve. Now, leading up to that, let's think about who God chose to be the parents of Jesus. Now, again, if I'm writing this story, then thinking, okay, God is going to send his only son. Well, you want that child to be protected and safe and always have enough food, never in danger. Maybe, maybe the king, the king's son is already going to have a place of influence and power. Maybe the high priest's son, because he's already going to have someone who will teach him the things of God and who should know it the best. And instead, God chooses Mary and Joseph. They're from this podunk town, you guys. This is like a town in the panhandle of Oklahoma. I apologize if that's where you're from, okay? <laughs> this, is, this is a town nobody even knows of. They're from that town that it's not even, it's like, oh, well, we're from this town that's near this other town. Oh, okay, I kind of know where that is. They're not even married. Scandal. And suddenly Mary, who's always seemed like such a good girl, turns up pregnant, and at first, at least, Joseph seems to not know anything about this. Gossip. Small towns gossip, don't they? Anybody from a small town? It doesn't say it in the Bible, but I assume, being from a small town, that everywhere Mary and Joseph went, whispers were following them. Oh, Mary. You know who she says got her pregnant? God. Who's going to believe that? She says she's such a good girl, but look where she ended up. And Joseph people, I suspect, were either looking at Joseph with scorn, because he always seemed to be such a good, upright man, and look at what happened to his fiance, or they're looking at him with pity, saying, she's pulling one over on you. I think this because when the census comes and the, the emperor makes the men travel to their hometown to be counted to pay taxes. Mary, who's nine months pregnant, goes with him. She didn't have to. But she did, and I think that that's because she wanted to be with him, the one person who believed like she did, 
about what God was doing in their lives. And so they make this probably about seven-day journey on foot, nine months pregnant. Any of y'all ladies, when you were nine months pregnant, you're like, how about sign me up for a week backpacking, right? Let's go do that. Let's carry all of our food on our back, and let's go do this thing. No. You're like, let's get this baby born. I'm staying put, right? I might sit in the pool because that's where I feel like myself, but I'm not going. She goes. And when they get to Bethlehem, Joseph's family, who probably still lives there, they don't have any room. None of the families that he knew growing up have any room for them. Town's packed, and finally somebody gives them a place in the stable. In the stable. Birth announcements, right? Parents, Mary and Joseph, you don't know them. Birthplace, a stable. It's very humble. And I want us to hold on to that. Because I I think that means that we really are allowed to approach. See, if Jesus had been born in like a palace and all this splendor, all of us would feel like we weren't good enough. But if God comes to the most humble place there is in the country, then even shepherds feel like, this is my king too. I want to share with you all a time when um, I failed at understanding this. Um, a time when I was definitely my imperfections. Thank goodness we're, we're allowed to be imperfect. We're on display. It was a Christmas Eve. And I was at a church before this. Um, and I had only been there a few months. And already my senior pastor had pulled me aside and had said, I want to tell you from my heart that you are not dressing up enough for church. It wasn't like this church at all. See, I get away with this all the time, right? Um, I was not dressing up enough, so I needed to, like, do hose and heels, and there was a whole, like, requirement of how you had to look. And Christmas Eve was coming, so I really wanted to, like, look the part, because that was very important to my senior pastor. And so what I did is, on Christmas Eve, if y'all don't know this, um, it's a busy day for pastors, and my kids were little, and my husband's awesome. Like, he can, he can get little kids dressed, he can do, like, a ponytail, and, like, in like five seconds, like little girl's ponytail, he rocks it. Um, but I thought, this is a lot for Kevin to like handle the dresses and the snowflake tights and the little patent leather shoes and, and all the bows. And so I laid it all out. And I was thinking about how we'd look. And I was like, we are going to look right this Christmas. And so I laid it all out. And then um, we ate breakfast, helped get the kids dressed. I think Leah was still in a diaper, changed her diaper, got her play clothes on. And then I said goodbye. I, didn't, I wasn't going to see him the whole rest of the day. So Christmas Eve service comes around the first one of like three or four. And I'm up at the front. My favorite thing about this, um, when the kids would come in, is they would come from the back. And they, it was a long aisle. And they, when they would see me, it was like they had been in the desert. And finally they saw me and they'd scream, Mommy! And they'd run down the aisle and grab my legs. And that was like amazing. I still want them to do that even though they're like tweens, but they won't do that anymore. So I hear, I'm talking to the head usher, and I hear mommy. And so I turn and I look, and I'm looking past all the people who are like perfectly dressed, the suits, the ties, the taffeta, the lace, the... (gasps) My children are running through this sea of beauty in their play clothes. They're scuffed tennis shoes, the stuff I put them in this morning to play in the creek by our house. I was like, (gasps) they come up and they glom on and I'm like, (laughs) 
And I'm like, where is Kevin? Oh my gosh, he was hit by a meteor. Only the children survived. And I see him coming in. He's got a tie. He's got it. I'm like, Kevin. I'm, but I don't want to embarrass the kids. I'm like, what happened? He said, oh, honey, they took great naps. Don't worry. I'm like, no. What are they wearing? And he said, well, I didn't think it was right but that's how you dress them this morning. It's like, oh, I laid out all that stuff and I forgot to tell him where I put it and that it was important to change the kids before bringing them to church. So I like shoved them in a pew. Stay, right? And they come up for the children's time, and y'all, if you could have just seen the Sea of Taffeta, you would know why I was just dying. They come up, and they sit all in the front, and I'm, like, walking up right behind them. And when they sit down, I sit right in front of them and spread my arms. And they're like, Mommy, I'm like, shh, shh, close together, girls. After the service was over, they're like, let's take pictures of the kid. I was like, not you. You don't belong. And I took him to the back, and I'm, I'm telling you my imperfections, okay? See, you're going to let me tell this. I take him to the back. I'm shaking people's hands. I'm like, I got to get him out of here. That night for me, I was so wrongly focused on the externals, on how things look on the outside. And I forgot that God doesn't look at that. Ever. God only looks at the heart, and God always wants everyone to come. And the beautiful thing about that night was there was a lady at my church who knew that. And she saw my kids like in the back, back. And while I wasn't looking and shaking hands, she took them out and she said, girls, let's go up to the front. Let's go up to the front of the church. And she took them up. She helped them meet the shepherds. Look at the baby Jesus, you know, all this kind of stuff. And y'all are going to look at this and go, well, that isn't so bad. But um, she took their picture with the wise men. And Leah looks a little stunned. Um, (laughs) She probably knows she's not dressed correctly. Um, But I love Anna's face. And this picture really was a turning point for me when I saw my daughter smile. She is just so happy to be invited to be part of the story. And if I could give y'all one gift tonight, I would give you the gift that this lady gave to me and my kids. I would tell you, you belong here. Whether this is your first time or whether you've been coming for a while. Whether you've had the most amazing year of your life or whether you look back and you think, that is a train wreck. Whether the hurt shows on the outside or whether you keep it hidden here, you belong. You belong in this story. God calls imperfect people like us, like shepherds and foreign magi, and says, here is your Savior. It's good news for all. Let's pray. God, on this night of nights, we know that you see beyond, way beyond the externals. And you call us to your side, every single one of us, and it makes you so happy when we come. And so we know, Lord, that you're smiling because we are here. 
all of us. We are here. So may the joy and the acceptance of Christmas be our gift this year. May your love dwell in our hearts. And may you be transforming us and calling us home. Amen. Okay, you guys, we are going to light our candles soon. And what, what you're going to do is Pastor Greg's going to go get the light. The pastors are going to go down the aisle. Y'all, everybody have their candle? There is a way to light a candle. Did y'all know that? There's a way. The way you do it is you take the lit candle, I'll have the lit candle, and you tip the unlit candle towards it. That prevents any wax burning your fingers. Okay? So always, if you have the lit candle, hold it straight up. Wax won't get on you. And then tip the unlit one towards it and then hold it up. It's really pretty simple. But I, already, I always explain it. Watch. Yeah. Oh, right? Okay, yeah. So we have a special treat tonight. Um, Jill Grove, a friend of one of our members um, who is a professional singer, has offered to sing Silent Night. So tonight as we light our candles, I would invite you to stay seated to enjoy this lovely music. And as we get to the end, we'll all lift our candles, okay? And just enjoy.
Friends, what a beautiful sight this is. I wish y'all could all stand here. Um, this is a good night. And one thing I wanted to tell y'all is there's so many people, the musicians and our tech crew and our ushers and our parking lot folks, who gave their time so that you could be here, so that we could be in worship. And that's a special gift that they offer to you in acknowledgement of that gift that God brings to us, a Savior who wants us to come to his side. So may you go with the blessing of knowing you are really welcome. You are really welcome at God's side this Christmas. Amen, and go in peace.